What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for movies that have been remade, rebooted, sequelized, and whether or not those need to exist and how they stack up. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And our good friend from the killer horror critic, Matt Kanaka. Hello, how's it going? Good, good. And we're going to talk today about, I said that good, good, like I'm on like an NPR. I know, right? Like we're all just like calm and soft. Like, well, how's everyone's day going today? Gives you a little (laughs) ASMR for your morning before we talk about this Child's Play remake that came out this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, we're not talking about fucking stocks here, Blake. Let's get into it. (laughs) Well, you know, we might. If there's one thing that Child's Play has always been an allegory for, it is the rise and fall of the American stock market. Indeed. Yes. Yes. That's just science. (laughs) Uh, what did you guys think of this? Uh, Just overall? Uh, sure, I'll go first. Uh, so I had the benefit, I guess, of going into this with extremely low expectations. I've kind of hated it ever since it was announced, uh, mostly because the studio essentially gave the finger to Don Mancini, who's been with the franchise since the beginning yeah. and is still currently doing his own thing. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I mean, because at the time this was announced, they Mancini had just basically made Cult of Chucky. They were talking about a TV series. And then we get this announcement, and everybody's all of a sudden like, is this even going to involve Chucky? What the hell is this? Um, and then the more we started hearing about the plot, I was like, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it just sounded not like a child's play movie. So anyway, all that being said, was able to go into it and just lower the bar as far as possible. And I think if you do that, it's actually a pretty damn good time. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that uh, Hamill was great as Chucky, even though maybe the character's lacking a little personality. That's my, yeah, <laughs> my hang-up, but yes. Um, but, I, but I actually did like what they did with the characters. I thought there was a bit more of a character story there than we see in the original, since the original's really just about... Andy trying to tell his mom that the doll's alive and there's not really a lot there. 20 minutes of him (laughs) pretending or not, no one believing him that Chucky's actually talking to him. Exactly. So, so Andy in this version, I think is a lot more relatable as this lonely kid who just wants a friend. And I found it weird, but enjoyable that Andy actually has kind of a friendship that he developed with Chucky before things go to shit. So like there's time where my theater was like, ah, you know, with certain times with Chucky, and I, th- it's a weird feeling, but it overall, I think, made the emotion, made the movie more emotionally satisfying. So, yeah, uh, I, for me, I was in the same boat. I didn't want anything that had nothing to do with Mancini. I was kind yeah. of upset, but I dug the idea of like, oh, an AI Chucky would be kind of crazy to do nowadays, considering how everyone is attached to their cell phone and everything is like tech based. Mm. So I thought he could, you could play with that. So watching this film. Unfortunately, for the first, I'd say, two-thirds of this movie, I my, I kept checking out. Like, stuff wasn't working. I think mm. a lot of it's because Chucky, like you said, didn't have a personality. A lot of it's this Chucky. While Mark Hamill does a great job voicing him, feels a lot more like a parrot. So he's repeating things, and he's, right. he doesn't have his own set, whereas our original Chucky in the 88 one, I mean, Charles Lee Ray, is the, his personality goes directly to the dial, so you know exactly what you're getting. This one's more of a... I'm not really knowing who this person is. And that kind of took me a minute to get used to that. Right. Um, but once we get into a point where this Chucky's directly around all types of tech, like the whole sequences that happen, I'm like, oh, now I see this. Now we're getting to the point where this is starting to become fun. And I don't ever feel like this movie was suspenseful or 
I never felt suspense or terror in this movie, but I did have an enjoyable time once we got to that point. Same. I, I felt like, just want to interject really quick, yeah. I felt like uh, there was a certain point in the film, right around when Chucky first starts talking, that I had to say to myself, this is not yep. Brad Dorf's Chucky, <laughs> yeah. and you're either going to accept that right now or you're going to hate this movie. So I, you know, once, once I think I did that, it's like, okay, yes, it's very entertaining. Correct. But I agree, not terrifying or suspenseful at all. <laughs> Yeah, the only area where I, I disagree with areas of suspense or terror, for mm. me at least, and I don't know if suspense or terror is the right word, but it might just be creepy. Mm. Creepy is a good word, There's yeah. some creeps factors on here, yeah. And some of the creepy stuff, though, was things that I hadn't seen in horror movies that were so unsettling to me. And part of that is kind of the learning curve that they gave Chucky. Mm-hmm. They really set up this doll to just kind of be adapting and learning. He didn't really know what he was doing was wrong. He thought he kept, he had the best interest of Andy at heart. So when you do things like spoilers, I guess he attacks the cat Mm -hmm. and then he's sitting in Andy's room purring and meowing. And that was the most like (laughs) unnerving thing (laughs) (laughs) that I could have thought of. I think I think Chucky sitting next to his bed singing to him was pretty. That's <laughs> also yeah. as well. just waking pretty, up and just yeah, that's pretty. You crazy. are my buddy. <laughs> yeah, that song that was great. Nice. Yeah. That song was great. But I completely agree with almost what both of you were saying that I was in the same boat because when you look at like Don Mancini's movies, not only has he been around this whole time, but I'm pretty sure that that's the only franchise that has had like one person and one's vision. Behind it the entire time. It's it's the up until this point, it had been the only major franchise that had not been redone and and, and gone back to this way. So and that's kind of great. Yeah, and I like. I was just talking to a a friend of the show who's been on before Zane because we were we we were rewatching Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and he was like, "Well, where's my sequel to this?" And I was like, "Some things can just stop just once." Yeah. And the same way with Back to the Future, when people are like, what about the fourth one? I'm like, what if we just end it? Yeah, <laughs> right. What if we this don't was, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I've got a creepy <laughs> Back to the Future 4 <laughs> in my back pocket yeah. that has to do completely with Michael J. Fox being sick. And Doc Brown just going back in time over and over again to try to cure him until he can't. Wow. Oh, great. Yeah, no, very depressing. A real upper, it sounds like. Yes. <laughs> it's really the Logan of the oh, Back great. to the Future cool. movies. Awesome. <laughs> um... Except, you know, John Cash's song has to be redone to, like, I Hurt Myself Yesterday or something for it to be time travel. But when you had that, to Terrence's point, this concept of just being this modern, Chucky, everything's super interconnected, everything you hear about now is your Apple phone has face recognition and it connects to this and this and that and that and the other thing. So I loved that. Then that, I think the second trailer came out when they announced Mark Hamill's voice, and for Mm. whatever reason, with that trailer... I was out. Okay. I thought it looked stupid. It mm. looked like it was going to get too big. I, And where I completely 180'd in this movie is they show you the third act a little bit in this house like, in the trailer. Yeah. And I was like, what? We got to do this creepy horror movie that's just going to become an action set piece in this giant amusement park at the end. And he's going to say ready to play. But then when we got there, <laughs> I was like, this is what I want. Because yeah. mm. you're right, Terrence. They spend a lot of time not having him interact with the tech and to start the movie in a way that introduces so much of what the doll can do and then kind of hold that into the third act. Mm -hmm. 
kind of sets it up on almost a similar arc that I feel like old superhero movies did where you'd learn about all these powers and it wasn't until the last fight that they figured it out. Right. It's a very old tropey part of storytelling and filmmaking that now I'm like, I just want to, I want to see you play the game. I don't want to, but I did appreciate the learning curve also. See, and I, it sets up for more movies. I actually disagree though. I, I do feel like Chucky interacts with the tech quite a bit. Maybe not. I guess I'm not sure what to, what to what degree you guys are looking for, but it's like through the first half, you do have the learning curve kind of going on where we're seeing what Chucky can sort of do a little bit in terms of imitating voices and playback right. and interact right. with tech. And then once we hit the midway point, essentially after that, every kill involves tech. And that's, Correct. So. I think that's my thing is we took a while to get to the midway point, which well, wouldn't but bother. That, but that's how horror should be. You don't right. want to just throw everything at the audience right away. Otherwise, you're just... You know, well, Annabelle over again, which is right. just a bunch of jump scares. I think my problem with it is that beginning has such bad dialogue. Yeah. I hated that boyfriend character. Well, well you're supposed to hate that's him. That's my... No, but like, oh, I can't... It's, just, it's, it's not even that I hate him as a character. I hate the trope in all movies when it's like, and now the adult's going to pick on the kid. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, either just go all the way and make him abusive... Right. I don't need to see this like, what are you going to do, stand up to me, brat? And it's like, well, come on. We, what is, he's kind of a pussy, too. He's going to go in here. <laughs> you're going to have him. 14, 14 you're going to, like, flirt kid. with the idea that he's, like, an alcoholic. But he only has one beer a night. It's not yeah. like he's coming home drunk and fucking around with Andy. He's just sort of a dick. Right. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think my issue is more like the Barclays house doesn't is not super I gotcha. in tech. And then when mm. he's, like, you spend the good 20, 30 minutes before we go anywhere else in that house. And that's kind of where it slows down for me. I also, mm. I, we go back to the personality. I have, a, I do love the fact that this feels more like Andy and Chucky are now friends. And it's like the reason why Chucky does a lot of the things he does is because he's searching for and clingering for that friendship. My problem is that for the first couple of deaths until we get to uh, the cop's aunt, we he's killing people that the audience also wants him to kill. So it's a weird thing for for me for horror. A lot of times that when I get suspenseful or terror is when you're killing people that I I actually like or am I I'm rooting for. Or I don't want to die. These people right. I'm like when they die I'm like yeah they, I want you and, to murder these people. And that is a problem. That's something that uh, that I really I really feel like that started to get lost in the '90s when we started having these really just tropey yep. uh, stereotypical characters that. Like somewhere, I don't know what it was. Like somewhere around that point, we decided, okay, now we have to have characters that we hate yeah. to die. Like and there's it, a creepy guy in this movie specifically to die. Right, like that's, and, that's and, and, right, <laughs> and, and you didn't see a lot of that in the '80s and beforehand. It was always kind of like relatable, mm -hmm. you know, teens yeah, that felt exactly. like your friends and exactly. parents that felt homely and stuff. And so I do agree. Like it, it takes a lot of suspense out by just filling the film with characters that you just want to die. Right, because then it becomes more like. We're entertained, but we're not really exactly. in the moment exactly. with them. And that's what so. happened to me. I yeah. get that. Yeah. I feel like with this movie, they were trying to make it seem, A, like he's protecting Andy. Because mm. even when he goes after the uh, uh, the neighbor, who's completely yeah. innocent, right. she has that line of, like, you're my new best friend, mm -hmm. Andy. And he's like, no, no, no. But that's also <laughs> right. when he you know, kind of snaps. Yeah. Right. Um, but also, I was curious, because they are just... 
it's almost what I now call my wedding crashers problem, where I'm like, we had to make Bradley Cooper the worst man in this movie to redeem these characters. <laughs> right. He has to be a cheater well, he, and a political bad person and hate everybody yeah. and fuck strippers so that we can be like, Owen Wilson's not that bad. He just crashes <laughs> weddings. Well, he, but I was wondering if they were going to do something with that because everybody was like they had sinned or weren't mm-hmm. innocent. And a part of me was like, oh, is there going to be some weird part of the programming where maybe he can't attack good people good people or innocent people or is there a line are there rules let me let me ask you guys this so so blake you kind of sparked it in me you were talking about how uh these are people that are mean to him and that you know kind of we want to see be killed off because they're mean to andy and chucky's protecting him so the original script actually for the child's play in 1988 uh was actually called blood buddies and it essentially this film is the closest to that script that we've ever seen because what happened in that script is originally supposed to be uh, Andy gets this doll and he's a very lonely kid and, uh, you know, is kind of an angry kid. And so he makes his blood pact with Chucky and then Chucky starts coming to life and kind of acting out Andy's rage when he goes to sleep in the middle of the night. And oh, so he's dope. killing. Yeah, right. So he's killing <laughs> off. He's killing off people that, you know, are a problem in Andy's life. And so I think that's what they were trying to do in this film. Like they're trying to set up that concept. But do you think it would have been more effective if we had seen maybe a darker side of Andy? Would that have helped? Or do you think it... I think either a darker side might have done it. But what they Mm. did in this movie, too... And I think now it was full spoilers. Correct. Click ahead a little bit. um, But he can show Andy all of the moments of, like, I'm tired of the cat. Mm. This guy's a dick. These people are bad. And he almost puts up this mirror in front of Andy to be like, see, you wanted this. And it almost becomes this like monkey paw wish movie where it's like, not like that. I Mm. didn't want it like that. Not like this. And I think if they had pushed that a little bit more, if they had almost made Chucky almost more vengeful and maybe Aubrey Plaza saw some of that or somebody or the the detective and you were kind of able to almost make Andy almost the villain to some of these people, like he's a little off, right. I think would have really justified some of that. Yeah. It's and an, made it more like, oh, he's this weird protector of it, and he's just broken. Right. It, it's an element that's missing. Like Andy himself doesn't have to be evil, but if there was, you know, a darker side to him where it's like more more showing the struggle with like he kind of wished this to happen. Yeah. Like yeah. you're saying, like I, I think that might have helped this feeling of why are all these characters so dislike yeah. dislikable you know yeah because again we for you know jack black zero <laughs> this actor who just looks like jack black yeah. we had to not just set him up to die then you, we had to show these videos of him. he's watching he a peeping pulls tom his I'm dick like, out to masturbate <laughs> like, and it's yeah, like they, i get it he's bad <laughs> yeah they, they had to make him the worst possible person <laughs> we could just kill him <laughs> and, and the thing with that too is like you know with him maybe it would have been more fun had you shown more of an interaction with him and andy as well to really show that he's right. kind of a creep you know yeah yeah because he really is just like a normal dude and then you in his basement he's got cameras everywhere but i will say that is the scene where the movie to me went it, from it turns Ugh, to this is amazing yeah yeah and just the stuff kind of to terrence's point of like that's when all the tech is yep. there he heats up that pipe that's and great. drops that's him. what i've been waiting for yep. that's what i love he's got this weird et finger point that <laughs> yeah. <he does>. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's when the movie to me just ramped up and i agreed they just did a little bit 
of a good job and I and a not good job building up these characters in the beginning because some of them were so two dimensional and tropey and others were just so like this kid that he befriends who's just so oh, over the kids. top yeah. in every it, scene and yeah. yeah I think for me it's just all about. Andy and Abra, like every yep. everyone else is just so secondary. I just could care less. I really <laughs> enjoyed Brian Tyree Harris this version of Mike. Oh, like, yes, the, he was the, good the, too. He's he was great. Really good. Yeah, I'm yeah. so happy. But, but I felt like not involved enough. That's you know? yeah. That's the thing. Like yeah. I, the moments that he was on screen and his first inter- his first meeting with Andy in the hallway was great. Right. But you're right. I don't think he was in the process of figuring out he by the time he gets in on the investigation we're in the last act like it's already right like i i just wrote a view on this the other day and i think i barely mentioned him just because he he did a great job yeah but he's like hardly really involved with the story (laughs) yeah yeah but there were so many just good set pieces too of even like not necessarily terror and dread but even the cat and mouse game of this head yeah. that Chucky gets and wraps it in the bow. And that's what this movie does do really well. They have yeah. these callbacks to his behavior while he's learning. And mm. they really do make it that he's like a, a product of his environment. Even yeah. to the end when he's like, I think you're broken, Andy. I was broken. Let me cut you open and figure it out. And it isn't really a threat. No. We see it as one. Right. But it is Chucky being like, I'm going to fix you. Like, yeah. that guy fixed me. I'm yeah. going to fix you. It's yeah. And that to me is where I'm like, oh, what a fucking weird, creepy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when he, he's like a cat bringing a dead dove back, and he <laughs> brings this head just <laughs> sitting in Andy's room. <laughs> Pretty much. And then he brings over it, like Stranger Things light to help him figure it yeah, out. Yeah, to, to me, just so brilliant to have all the kids laughing, watch us, watching Texas Chainsaw Master Part 2 and have Chucky think, oh, that's blood the, and violence. That's, that's what good, people like. Right, that's what people yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah, you get that, you get, he just keeps learning in the movie, and because we had this, in my opinion, just awful opening in Vietnam to explain it. Oh, yeah, I fucking hate the yeah, opening. Yeah, that part made me realize, and the the earning of his name also made me like, all right, guys, really? You didn't yeah. like the Pull that out of his head. I was like, come on, guys. Yeah, it was moments like that where I was just like, there. there's an argument on whether or not this film should have been called Child's Play. And it's moments like what you just said with the name, yeah. the Chucky name, where I was just like, why did we do Child's Play? Like, we, you literally could have done, yep. you could have called this fucking anything else, and I might have actually enjoyed it more. I think because, I would have. Because we're not all inherently comparing it Correct. to this franchise. Then. Do you think, though, that we would have been like, oh, it's just high-tech Child's Play? And then it eventually would have come back to well, if we uh, actually saw it, people would have been like, "Oh, this is just Child's yeah. Play with a Black Mirror twist on it," which this I, sort of still is. But I mean, now they just use the the skins. I I I think audiences could have gone that route. I, for me, I'm just like you know, as long as it's not exactly the movie, I don't really care. Like everything's a little similar here or there, especially now. Right. Yeah. But I did also like. Uh, I only liked the name part for the similar reason when he brings home. Chucky, she brings some Chucky rather in general, and it is, again, this is all tech and it's all relatable, and we've all experienced, hey Siri, get me directions. And she's like, did you want to order 50 pizzas? <laughs> right. We yeah. did it. So I liked having these moments of, oh, the machine just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. The toy just doesn't work. It doesn't do all the things it said it was going to do. It was just an ad to get you in there. It's a terrible piece of tech. But then even the kind of hurdles that the movie, I think, had. A lot of people thought Aubrey Plaza was too young to be a mom, that Andy was too old to have a toy. I hated the throwaway line that they gave her in that, because I was like, guys, I'd rather you just not try to even explain this. Just let this happen. I thought that was like, it wasn't a bad bit. Um, 
if we're all gonna like I was like whatever she, like teen pregnancies, teen pregnancies happen. happen I don't really need yeah. the line there but if we're gonna do it for the people who are like I don't know about this I, 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 <laughs> like, for me what <laughs> I didn't mind the teen people pregnancy. only have sex in their 30s I think what bothered me more about that is that if you're going to do that Andy in the original me comparing it but Andy in the original was a child when you make him a teenager then you create another problem for Aubrey Plaza to be as young as she is to have a 13 year old that's when he becomes a question if he was the age of Andy was in the original Child's Play no one would even bat an eye Right, but because he's a teenager now, you're like, oh, this kind of makes. But this even having that moment, that. he's watching the memes and he gets into it, and she makes the connection. Oh, this will be funny, and he does immediately say, "I'm too old for this," which to me was another very relatable moment. I feel like we've I, all gotten gifts from our moms and be like, "What are you I, doing? I'm past this." And Can then I? when she gets upset, he's like, "No, no, no, it's yeah. fine, it's fine." <laughs> I just want to interject. Uh, I don't get the complaints for him being too old because I'm just like, I would totally fucking play with that toy. <laughs> like, are you guys? Are you guys really a, like? If we're it's sitting, a tech we're, toy, yeah. We're we're all sitting here with phones and iPads, you telling me that if you had a walking, it's talking a thing toy. that can do all the same thing, you wouldn't be playing with that? Like, I also just think it's ridiculous to say that when, you know, Funko Pops are what's keeping it, malls it, alive. Right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I hate that complaint. Yeah, it's, it's a... Everybody's gonna have these non-issues, Correct. though, with, well, like, every Well, movie. look, every, everyone always wants something to complain about right. these days, but <laughs> that one, I just... I don't see the validity of it. Right. Yeah. So then... I think we're all in agreement that this is a pretty decent movie. Yeah. Uh, dare I say one of the most fun slashers I've had in a while. Uh, For, yeah, I I thought it was a really nice callback to... Uh, I've seen people compare it to 80s slashers. I don't agree with that. I see it more as like a 90s kind of film because it's very uh, slick and stylish. And, you know, it has that... I don't want to... Not meta humor, but it's a little more humorous. Yeah. To put it in the vein, I'd say, like, I know what you did last summer yes. era of that's what this feels like. Right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, it was just a script that was sitting there. It kind of has that, like, we dusted this off. <laughs> right. And, and we just don't, we don't see a lot of these kind of slashers in the theaters anymore. And I frankly really miss them. Yeah. So. yeah, I think that's also kind of why I walked out, like, grinning was it's just been so long since I've had this flavor of of horror. We've kind of got into this right. everything's demonic and possessions or well, things like mom. super intellectual with yeah. like us. Right. Like, yeah. Like yeah, I, Jordan Peele. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I fucking love Scream but it ruined horror movie or it ruined slashers for a long for a time. Later, yeah. Uh, so it was really nice to see return to that because I agree like I'm, I'm over the ghost shit. I'm over zombies. <laughs> I gotta see I, one more Haunted House movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> yeah. Except for the House on Haunting Hill on Netflix. I'll keep watching that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'll watch anything Flanagan wants to do. That's fine. Right, that's fine. That's a different thing, though. Yeah. I'll always be tired of a genre that someone's like, but what if the zombies were in space? And oh, you're like, I don't, like, I don't know if you guys saw Dead Don't Die. Sorry, off topic, but, like, that... That movie was such a fucking, like, it's I, like, hey, we just did the exact same thing that every other zombie movie's ever done, but we're going to be pretentious about it and pretend like it's new. I was going to say, <laughs> I heard nothing but terrible things. Yeah. Let me just put it this way. The, whoops. Let me just put it this way. The end involves, like, a five-minute monologue from a character talking about how zombies are about consumerism, and I was like, no fucking shit. We learned that in the 70s with Wait, George Romero. Wait, what? <laughs> consumerism? Zombies don't have metaphors. Yeah. You fool. Fucking terrible. Uh, but so I guess in the context, then, of kind of the show and the thesis and the remake aspect of this movie, mm-hmm. to me... This is kind of the way to do it. We get a lot mm-hmm. of remakes now, especially of horror. I think of like the Halloween remake or the second Halloween remake say, the or the third, third alternate yes. timeline of Halloween. <laughs> um, or even something like Jigsaw trying to come back. And yeah. I feel like we usually just try to 
you know, repeat the same thing. We do this yeah. lightning in a bottle, like, oh, well, we'll change it thematically a bit, or now we'll make it, like, you know, about the victim, or we'll do something. To me, this is kind of the way to go. You've completely yeah. wiped it clean, and we have this original take that just works in a modern setting. Yeah. We threw out all the voodoo. We threw out all the nonsense that wouldn't be relatable anymore, and we made this super tech piece of equipment that I think works really well today. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the history of uh, just focusing on horror films, if you look at the history of horror remakes, it's always been better to just completely start over, in a sense. Like, if you look at The Thing or The Fly, like, both of those films have so fucking little to do with the original. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and those are considered two of the best horror remakes ever made. So, I, I agree. Like, it, it, people are always going to complain, like, you know, I don't like the Rob Zombie horror, or the, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies either. But I can always respect at least that he tried, he tried something, something different. New. Yeah, because right. because for me, I I disliked the new one more because I felt like it was really just rehashing everything. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, I always try to do something different. Otherwise, what the hell is the point? Well, I think there's always this strange feeling of well, we're going to go back to our roots. And then where they kind of mess it up is they're like, we can go back to our roots, but we are also going to sell the movie to people who have no connection to those roots. Yeah. Right. And I think it's a lot better to just go, well, how would this work today? Yeah. If yeah. we're going to make Halloween today and set it in 2019, what does that world look like? Because it doesn't it, look like it did in 1977. It, it's it's always going to be nearly impossible to please both bases. Like, you, right. you have a committed Correct. fan base to one film, and then you're trying to appeal to a whole new one. It, you're almost never going to get those two to mesh yeah, well Yeah, and if you have, like, a classic <laughs> horror, it's that becomes even harder. If you, if exactly. Horror, if you have, like, a Child's Play or a Halloween, trying to do a one-to-one -one ratio re remake of that, you're, you're going to fail. Yeah. Right. I think the only time, like, the one only one that I can really think of is I really love the remake is The Hills Have Eyes. Like, from the original oh, to yes. that, the Hills Have Eyes remake is really good. Agreed. Um, but I think the Hills Have Eyes original is not as beloved as like Child's Play and Hollywood. Right. So I think if you take a smaller horror film, you can kind of play with that and do a one-to-one -one and just fix things and change things here and there. Where Agreed. The the Crazies was a similar example yeah. for me where like I actually I love Romero, but I hate the original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I really love the remake because it was a nice update on it. Yeah. But, but well, yeah. it's funny. You guys are also bringing up remakes kind of to Terrence's point of like, well, these aren't weren't that classic. But even things like The Fly mm -hmm. and The Thing, there's audiences out there who are like, that's a remake. Yeah. And I think that's almost the well, goal. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we've also we're also at a point now too, where if something's fifty years old, you know, feel like half the world it's doesn't even like know it exists, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and that might be uh, different now. Like in the eighties, remaking something from the forties was like, well, how would you even find that? Movie? Well, well, and that's the yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Like that was the thing is maybe back in the eighties, you know, thing from another world. Maybe a lot of people didn't even know what the hell that was right. at the time. So. Right. <laughs> but now you have access to find all of the stuff pretty quickly, so you should be able to find now that this existed in some form before. Right. Right. <laughs> So then let me ask you this. Do we want more of this child's play? Fuck yeah, I do. I'll, I'll take it. I want good, because I absolutely do. And I want it now to kind of get crazy. And I think the backdrop should just be so, in a Caslin house. Like, just have like the a, doll at Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, when you say get crazy, that's where this should go. Because right. when I look at the, I don't know how much we're going to get into the finale of the film or what kind of spoilers yeah, you're going we here, but, we're in it. <laughs> yeah. um, but when I look at the finale of this child's play, 
I I did enjoy also the whole store scene with everything going nuts, but I also thought it could have been bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And you know, because they they introduce like those bear dolls, which were and, amazing, <laughs> which which are amazing. Yeah. But I wanted more, more of them. them. Yeah. They're in it for like and two then they seconds. Go away and I'm like, where are the bears? Right, exactly. <laughs> I just want to see a bear rip somebody's throat out. Yeah. You know. So anyway, it's just. It could have been bigger, and if you look at the trajectory of the original Child's Play franchise, that's how it went. The original was kind of tense and scary, which yeah. I don't know if I'd apply to this, but it is smaller in that sense. Right. And then Child's Play 2 just ended up going fucking insane we with the finale. Goddamn, <laughs> goddamn Toy Store. Like, what the hell is happening? I'm in. Yeah, All right, right, let's do it. Because, because <laughs> at that point, you, you know who Charles Lee Ray is, and Chucky is yeah. that personality from beginning to end. And so now I want to see, like, where is this personality for this doll gonna go correct well and i think you know? one of the best parts of having this tech one is you know she rips the head out of it but as anybody who's seen any horror or comic book or any movie really knows <laughs> who cares yeah well, well listen in the original franchise they kept using the same fucking chucky they doll for they, <laughs> so. they shot the one in the heart burned that one up and then created it again off of the same burnt remains like right. guys why is that a right. good idea literally <laughs> it's it's honestly already set up for them like the original franchise already laid the groundwork all they have to do is have that spokesperson i forget the actor's name for Castlin, put that doll back together. Be like, look, the doll's fine. Do a whole PR stunt oh, with it. Matt, yeah, I'll <laughs> do you one step easier. The last thing Chucky did was upload his consciousness to the cloud. He can be in any of them. There That's you go. True. That Chucky that now can just jump what they're doing from with the doll versions. to doll to doll. Right. Yeah, and, and they have so much room. They there's so much potential for it to continue because they introduce all of these different versions of Chucky. I mean, you've got, like, fucking Leprechaun Chucky. Yeah. He's uh, dressing bear up. Chucky. You can put a bear on that. He, like, it, like blonde. I was like, what is happening? Cool. It, oh, exactly. Bear. I mean, just with the dolls alone, yeah. you have freedom to do whatever you want. And then, like, you guys are talking about d- involving more tech, like, houses based around this tech. There's a lot to yeah. be done here, so yeah. I definitely want to see more. <laughs> right. And then it'll just become small soldiers. And we'll that's finally fine. That's cool. get our that's small fine. soldiers. Too. I don't think a lot of people respect small soldiers. That's a fantastic. Well, that's movie. it is a fantastic <laughs> movie. And so, yeah, you want to give me small soldiers with a shit ton of gore? I'll take it. Yeah, no, I will watch that immediately. Um, so, I guess kind of the last thing to get into a little bit are our box office numbers, which I was so happy because I well, I guess I wasn't so happy because originally I did not care. <laughs> then I saw the movie and was like, I hope this does great. Yeah, no. and it's hard to make money when Disney owns the world. Keeps coming out with shit every other week. Yeah, no, they're now in the yeah. second weekend of Toy Story going to go for their Avatar box office by re-releasing Endgame. <laughs> right. It's just Cannibalizing stupid. themselves. I, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's just... And look, I don't want to get into a debate about re-releasing because everybody does it, I guess, but I just Yeah, that like, part's fine. They're different, doing it, themselves. How about September? It, it was, <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Why are well, we for, still in summer? For the me, movie was, hasn't even left all theaters yet. <laughs> for, me, for me, it was the thing of like, we're purposely re-releasing to beat this record. <laughs> I was just like, fuck you guys. <laughs> That's fine. I'd rather have that be up there than be like, this movie no one likes is sitting at number one. Anything from these I like the first Avatar, though. Yeah. Uh, but this movie, on a $10 million budget, which, you know, very good. I don't think the P&A could have been much higher because this movie, I don't think I saw one poster for. I did, but they did the funny posters. They were doing the posters of Chucky oh, Toy killing Story Toy Story Buzz and, and, they, and Andy. They did a lot and there was of an Easter online. Bunny one where they had like him killing like the bunny. Like yeah. They did some smart stuff, but they didn't put that every, like those posters weren't everywhere. It was mostly social just, media. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it was, the social media marketing was fucking fantastic. Yes. Like, so I, I, I can talk about this a little bit if you want. Absolutely. Uh, 
So like Terrence mentioned, they had all of these Toy Story posters, which great. I thought was brilliant. Yeah, I, brilliant. I, I, can't, I honestly can't think of the last time I saw a film really just give another film the finger the, with yeah. all of their advertising. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> rare yeah. that movies just pick uh, rat battles. Right, <laughs> right exactly. And, and I, I think there were at least six or seven different posters just yeah. saying, fuck you to Toy Story. So, <laughs> Correct. So that was fantastic. And then they also were doing a lot of things, too, with um, – uh, like they had this whole Caslin website uh, where it was like listing everything that Buddy could do oh, nice. and uh, put it, and then they were doing like all these uh, contests and giveaways like you know take your picture with Buddy and win a Chucky doll and so like social media was really on top of it. But you guys are right in that I didn't really see much physical advertising. And it's funny because I think for this movie, considering what this buddy is, social media is the smart it, way to it go. It sense, plays yeah. into what this film is, so that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Right. Like, I think that, and it's also smart because, you know, you can save some money. Yeah. Because I think they really probably were like, we're not going to. I yeah. would say opening to $14 million against a Toy uh, against Story Toy 4 also, is fucking great. Also, yeah. wait, waiting to announce that Mark Hamill was the voice until just a couple months beforehand, brilliant. Smart. Like, as, smart. Soon, as soon as Hamill was announced, I was like, that immediately piqued my interest in yeah, the film. <laughs> I agree. And he did he did a really good job. With the, for, for me, for a Chucky that did not have personality, if it was not for his voice, I probably would have checked off of this version of Chucky as the oh. doll itself completely. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I need to see it again because just even just hearing him sing the He's buddy in, song, at the yeah. end, like, had me leaving with a high, yeah. you know? So, like, yeah. maybe I didn't like it as much as I thought, but... That was the best part. When the movie was over and he started singing in his tone, I was like, oh, that's the perfect way you right. end this movie. Right, oh, like, me, me and my yeah. fiancé went home, like, singing that song to each other the entire night. Like, it's, it's been stuck in my head all yeah. weeks, and I love a good with, shot with a catchphrase at the end when he just pops that cap and yeah. is like, with, it is the end. I was like, oh, that's some 80s action shit. Oh, yeah, I yeah. haven't seen it in years. Which, which by the way, uh, your listeners, they can actually go on to Hamill's Twitter. I don't know if you guys know this. On Hamill's Twitter, he has a video that I was wanting ever since the night I saw it, and it came out like a day ago. It's a sing-along video with the buddy song. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's great. I think that's one yeah. of the best openings of the franchise. But, you know, that was also in the 80s. I say, I say those Child's Play films, the majority of them came out in between, well, end of 80s to the 90s. Right. Um, right. So inflation's a very different story then. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, the highest one in that camp is Bride of Chucky at 11 million. So that this was is, the last, well, despite all of these articles people. that both Child's Play and Toy Story 4 did not perform well enough, maybe 118 million and a 14 million... Well, I mean, that's a hundred. Maybe your expectations are a little too two high. Film, yeah, like, the, the, these days with films like Endgame making like a billion dollars, I guess we yeah, kind of lost, lost perspective, perspective of what, of what a, like one hundred eighteen is a fine way to open a movie. Yeah. Shut up, guys. Fourteen yeah, right. million for it's, this movie is a fine way to open it, this movie. Stop. Exactly. Like, I don't get it. Mall was considered a huge success, and I think that only opened to like eleven or twelve, yeah, maybe but I think eighteen. It cost them like what five, six million. That's million. true. Yeah. So right. that's what you have. People have to take everything into perspective. You can't just look at an arbitrary number and be like, oh, well, they failed. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's always a shame. It's like those old M&M CDs it, now where it's like, well, it wasn't platinum. Right, so it's like, right. I was like, no one sells platinum anymore. Stop. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I promise you, like, with, with the reaction to this film so far, because the thing is, too, like, they got to remember... There were a lot of people that weren't even going to see Child's Play. Correct. Simply because yeah. of Child's Man, Play. Yeah, there's an entire and Mancini group that is just like, nah, I don't want any part Exactly. Of but as soon as word of mouth starts coming out about this, I bet you'll see a pretty decent yeah. second weekend for this. You'll and get then, some people who are, who are turned. Because they're getting their sci-fi show, too. It's not like the right. Mancini world is dead. Correct. Right. And, 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 and Cult is still on Netflix. I mean... 
Yes, Cult is still on Netflix. I mean, you, they're still out there. If you still want that version of Chucky, it's still there. This is just kind of like a, 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 nap, a, a side it, a side story. Exactly. And, and and films like this do really well overseas, too, because horror yeah. always translates yeah. well. So There's always going to be money in horror. Yep. Yes. There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> well, I think that's the show, guys. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Hollywood Already Did It, and Twitter at Hollywood ADI. I'm at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Killer from Space, and also check out my reviews and podcast links at KillerHorrorCritic.com. <laughs> All right. And that's that. Later. <laughs> <laughs>